Our scripture reading today is from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 23 through 32. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for God has given the early rain for your vindication and has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the later rain as before, the threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent against you. You shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, the Lord, am your God, and there is no other, and my people shall never again be put to shame. Then afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men and women shall dream dreams, and your young men and women shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. I will show portents in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Thank you, choir, and Chris, and David, that was beautiful. Fran and Jim commissioned that piece for our 50th anniversary, so it's wonderful to hear it again. Our church has a rich history with those words. We were founded in 1965, and the scripture read at the founding service contained part of the scripture read by Bill. The founding service used Acts 2 that I mentioned to you in the Time for Children, the Pentecost story. Peter, in that story, quotes from Joel to explain what on earth is happening with the Spirit. In those days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old ones shall dream dreams, and your young ones will see visions. In Acts, and in Joel, at the founding, at the 50th, and today, God's Spirit is poured out on all, all, all flesh, young and old, men and women, rich and poor. All of us dream dreams and see visions. I've been thinking in these stewardship days about our founding, about those 1965 hands. Some of those hands we have the privilege to still be holding, Dean Copes and John Pertles, and other hands like Fran and Jim who came shortly after the founding. 
while those founders and early adapters could speak more clearly to 1965 in the environment that formed this church, all of us know that the 60s were a time of tremendous change. I don't know of another decade when there was so much cultural foment, so much progress in civil rights, so many lies turning the gears of war, so much hope of scientific and technological achievement, struggles and dreams, global, national, local, and theological. This all birthed a vision for a new kind of church. Young men and young women glimpsed a church of welcome where differences were celebrated, where every voice was heard. A church focused on community rather than on creed, on mutual support rather than on external strictures, on belonging rather than belief. Chaos and change, fear and hope, struggle and dreams swirled and stewed, and out of these waters, a new church was formed, a new church to be named Covenant Baptist Church. Covenant is an ancient word. Some of humanity's earliest recordings are of covenants. Covenants litter the pages of our sacred stories. In fact, one might argue that the Bible is, in essence, a collection of covenants. Covenant language threads its way through the relationship of Adam and Eve with God, through the story of Noah and Noah's family, God's promises to Abraham and Sarah and to Hagar and Ishmael, promises to Moses and Miriam and the Hebrew people, to Deborah. Covenant language weaves its way through Jesus's promises, some of them stitched on our hearts, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think, too, of covenants between people in the Bible, between Rahab and Joshua, David and Jonathan, between Ruth and Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lie, I will lie, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. A covenant, as you pointed out in the Time for Children, in the simplest of terms, is just a promise. A covenant draws us out of isolation and joins us to something greater by virtue of a promise. Theologian Martin Buber notes that a promise defines the empty space between an insufficient present and a longed-for future. The empty space between an insufficient present and a longed-for future. This is the space where creativity happens. A promise maker sends the promise forth and anchors it in that longed-for future without knowing how the fulfillment will come about. A promise is always accompanied by the risk of failure and the willingness to be surprised. Covenant. Ironically, at least to me, our name was not selected with any of these implications in mind. I've asked our founding members over the last 17 years, and I've even spoken to our founding minister about how the name came to be. They were meeting in a conference room at the San Jacinto Savings and Loan Association. 
several names were suggested. They had business meeting after business meeting to discuss the possibilities. Some things do not change. <laughs> after considering many suggested names, one member sat down with a biblical concordance and the yellow pages, 1965, looking for possible names that were not already a Baptist church in town. He got to the C's before finding a possibility. He suggested covenant at the next business meeting in the savings and loan, and it was a hit. People liked the meaning and they liked the word, and now we're named. Covenant expands our vision, and our vision has been expanding we now include women at all levels of leadership. Some of you may not know, but in 1965, women were not deacons at Covenant, so it took some growing edges. We weren't worship leaders either. The first woman worship leader was Mary Lee Burris, and the then minister said, you probably don't want to wear the robe. Back then, worship leaders wore robes too. You probably don't wear the robe, it stinks. <laughs> this is not in my script either. <laughs> What did Mary Lee Burris say? I'll wear the robe. <laughs> she wore the robe, by God. All right, so we now include women in all levels of leadership, and we welcome everyone, not regardless of, but delighting in every person as they embody their own race and sexual orientation and gender identity and religion or non-religion or whatever it is that you are, delighting. Covenant exists not in a creed, but in the relationships among us. Our earliest members could not have known exactly what they were bringing forth. I'm sure that we have journeyed in many ways beyond their original vision. But with great thanksgiving and gratitude for their founding principles, we're comfortable with the journey with relational sensitivity, with openness, with radical welcome. Our foundation is rooted in connection. It's rooted in promises. Promises made to God and to one another and to the world and to the future. In those days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit and welcome will be expanded those days happen over and over and over. The spirit blows again and again, washing away distinctions of male and female, slave and free, Jew and Gentile, toppling ancient hierarchies, sweeping away the boundaries of race and class and sexual orientation, blowing doors, always, ever open. In our 57 years as a church, much like that earliest church, we've expanded our welcome. We've formed, we've continued to form our desire for racial equality and a strong belief in civil rights. We've practiced ecumenism from the very start, never requiring rebaptism for membership and always including everyone in the ritual of communion. Within the first decade, as I mentioned, we welcomed women as deacons and worship leaders. By the 80s, we had same-sex weddings, and by the 90s, we publicly declared what had long been true, that we welcomed everyone. 
In the 2000s, we overtly and intentionally welcomed children into our quiet, calm worship by adding a time for children and seeking to involve our children in worship leadership. The spirit flows and continues to flow and welcome continues to expand. And now we, each one of us, we are part of the dream, part of the dreams that have come before and the ones that we are creating now. We are part of the promises anchored to those made 57 years ago. The spirit is not finished, praise be to God. And so how will the spirit continue to be poured out? I don't know. We have to decide together. We do this work together. So come on November 4th, November 5th. Don't come on the 4th. Come on November 5th. It's a Saturday. From 9 to noon. Come and be part of the intentional dreaming and visioning that we're doing in these days. It's not about any one of our dreams. We don't do our visioning in isolation. It's the work we do together. Together as we map our path into the future, our many hands. Anne Richardson in her poem, When We Breathe Together, writes, This is the blessing we cannot speak by ourselves. This is the blessing we cannot summon by our own devices, cannot shape to our purpose, cannot bend to our will. This is the blessing that comes when we leave behind our aloneness, when we gather together, when we turn toward one another. This is the blessing we're living in these days as the spirit is poured out again and again. We've left behind our aloneness. We've come together to breathe together, to be together, to worship and work and share our resources together. We are turning toward each other and we're turning toward the world, extending welcome and hospitality, loving together. The spirit is being poured out on all flesh. And so with a deep breath of appreciation for 57 years and a collective breath of anticipation for the future, we take our light, the light of our love, of our welcome into the world. And we hold this light with our many hands anchored to our covenant and knowing that we do not dream alone. So come Holy Spirit, come. Amen.